What you know about that? Probably nothing. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to yet another episode of Comp. In this one, I've planted a bomb in my stomach. I had Chinese food, and that stuff goes right through me. Um, so we'll see if there's post bags, if you know what I'm saying. Look, you really had me scared that you had, I was going to have to call somebody. Because, uh, you know, a hostage situation, it will give you streams. I'm going to tell you that right now, okay? I'm not saying that Title? Well, <laughs> listen, I'm not saying we should try it out, but I'm saying that we should look at the upsides versus the downsides. I planted a bomb in Matthew's mailbox. Gone wrong. Yes, something like that. That's what people want to see. Okay, well, all right. I'll do it then. Okay. Um, we were talking about earlier. Uh, you were asking about DS9. What are my thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on DS9? Yes, the Star Trek uh, sequel series, Deep Space Nine. Okay, um, I'm almost on season three now. So I've mm-hmm. put, I think I'm 56, I have 56 episodes under my belt. Here's where I'm at with it right now. Um, it's pretty good. It's not that great. Um, the great episodes are... are mm, a few of the good episodes... The conflicted Trekker. A few of the good episodes, I've noticed, are just kind of redos of great TNG episodes. Okay. The thing with DS9 is that they have so many characters um, that they're juggling that... I think I've said this before, but in TOS, you pretty much just had A scripts, and in TNG, you had A and B scripts. Mm-hmm. In this, it seems like they're trying to do A, B, and C scripts, and it gets a little bit muddled because they're spending... They're not adding more additional time to make up for this. It's still like a 45-minute episode, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're condensing all those parts, Whereas before, with an A and B or just an A story, they have lots of room to breathe. In this, the episode's going great. By your second ad break, you realize that there's not that much time left, and then, the, oh, this is how we finish the story, and then they finish it, and that's the end. In TNG, because they had only A and B stories, they could finish the episodes, and then they could do post bags, too. And that's what you that that's what was nice the post bags, in TNG and this is no post bags. You mean like where they have a laugh with Spock or something? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like in the Trouble with Tribbles, where they have a laugh with Spock. <laughs> that that's a great scene. Actually, my... where Kirk slaps him on yeah. the stomach, <laughs> and he goes, yeah, and this, it's just end of episode, see you next week. I, but, okay, so that's a big criticism that I have with it. But here's what I do, like, um, it's a continuous story. So there's a, a storyline that they're building throughout the whole series. They have characters which will stay for more than one episode, which is nice, because in TNG you'll get a you'll get an episode where Worf has a son, and then next episode he's gone. So, And then you'll, you'll see him next season. But in this, you get characters that kind of come and go, and it's it's uh, it's nice in that way, and they're building relationships. 
not in one episode, which we'll have to do in TOS, where Kirk finds a girl, falls in love with her, and then gets his heart broken by her, all in one episode. And this, they can do it... But sometimes in TOS, they do it so tastefully, like, the city on the edge of forever. <laughs> yep. You know? And, wow, you know. That's a good episode. That's good, concise storytelling. You know what? I think I one of the things I like about Star Trek is the episodic format mm-hmm. that they do the planet of the week or the fucked up alien civilization of the week. Yep. I kind of like that because the end kind of for me about the show is like the characters on there. Mm-hmm. Like it's the crew. It's, it's you know it's fuck. <laughs> He's so cool, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I'll try it out, though. If I ever get there, <laughs> God knows if I'll ever even get to finishing TNG. Yeah, that's that's a thing, too. Like, damn. I think it's another seven seasons uh, DS9 is. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> now, let's see here. Yeah, we get to watch all the subsequent movies. No movies. Oh, wow. Okay. That's it. TNG had three, four movies, TOS had six, and that's it. Do you know what pisses me off about, for my perception, Star Trek as it goes on? Mm. It loses color. Okay, this this show is really ugly, <laughs> and sometimes when I, I watch it while I'm making breakfast in the morning, and I'll have it on the counter, and the sun will be shining through, right? Even if I have it on max brightness, my phone, max brightness in a shadowed area, it's. I still have to kind of squint to see what's happening. It just, like... T- it, it's taking itself way too serious. Where's this? Where's this color? In the show, it's... They're either, like, barely lit, or it's gray, like you're saying. Yeah. Or dark blue. That's one thing that bothers me, too, about it, is because I like the t- colors in TOS. Mm-hmm. I love the costumes. Yep. Tasteful. <laughs> There's just consummate professionalism going on there. Yeah, but that's a, that's DS9's thing, too, where it's not your grandpa's Star Trek. Um, <laughs> you know, characters talk about sex on the show. What? And, yep. No. Cork, this guy right here. No, the, no, no. I don't. The Ferengi, he has, um, you know how there's like the holodeck? Yeah. He has hollow suites where you can just go and uh, have VR porn for a couple hours. What have they done? Roddenberry would have never signed off on this. <laughs> well, he was conveniently dead, so we don't have to worry about that. Out of the way, old man. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, oh, they just had... they, And in this, they have callbacks, too, which TNG didn't do. They were like, we're going to be our own thing. There's no there's no Gorn episode. What about what, like the Tribble episode? That wasn't TNG. Oh, shit, you're right. That was this. So in this... What about when they get Scotty? Yeah, so they have, like, that, and then they have a couple episodes with Spock, and in the first episode, Bones is there, um, but he's, like, a decrepit old man, and he's just, like, basically using the Enterprise as a taxi. He just has to get somewhere, so they pick him up, and he's like, hey, I used to serve on the Enterprise. (laughs) Why did they make them all pathetic after they get old? I guess it's like, oh, the characters really are human, but then, like, jeez. Uh, he, he's talking to Data, too, and Data says something, some techno babble, and Bones is uh, like, what did you say? He's like, I don't see pointed ears on you, but you sound like a Vulcan. 
And then Data's like, is that a good thing? Something to that effect. And he's like, mm, no. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of racism. Still, casual old racist man. Sp- a little space racism. Nothing wrong with it. And then he's basically just like, ah, oh, this ship's a fine lady. <laughs> Treat her well and she'll bring you home. Um, but yeah, they had those. But in this, they just did a Mirror Mirror episode, which I was hyped for because I loved the Mirror Universe. You got Evil Spock with the goatee. Um but in this, again, it was just like, oh, I was so pumped. And then the episode falls real, really flat. But I, I think they go back to the Mirror Universe again. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I think that one's uh, held in higher regard. So we'll see. I hope it gets better. That's my review. How many bags so far? Like, you know, like six to seven. Okay. That's so a I've... general vibe. Okay. Okay. And I've been watching more Seinfeld, too. Um, <laughs> How many bags for that? It's kind of good. It's... Here's the thing, is... It's... I don't know. It's just a solid sitcom. It's pretty funny. Jerry Seinfeld is kind of funny if you can... If you like just observational humor. Yeah. Because if it's not... That's the whole thing, is people are like, Oh, The Office sucks. Oh, Friends suck. Oh, this sucks. This comedy is just terrible. People say, yeah. like... It's either they love it, or... They hate it, right? Yeah. So, if you don't like observational comedy, you're going to watch it and not like it, right? Yeah. But if you like it, then you may like it to love it. Who knows? I like the characters, too. Costanza's really funny. He's really good. He's maybe, like, the best in the show. Yeah. I like him better than other fan favorite, Kramer. Kramer's lame. He, yeah, he's so one note. He's I don't even know what his deal is. He's on meth or something, and he just he's just, tw- and this this concept of characters just coming in and out of someone's apartment just willy nilly casually is so funny. Like, I'm I'm waiting for someone to make like a meta joke where they say, you just let people come and go like this. What is happening? I I do notice that as a sitcom thing, like, your friend will just come in, open up your fridge, drink your beer, (laughs) and I'd be like, you know... Uh, You can ask. Yeah, like, hey, man, can you knock at least, bro? (laughs) You do that in 70s show, too, where just fucking everybody goes through Eric's basement. (laughs) And just, sometimes when Eric's not home, they'll just watch TV in his basement. (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) letting that happen? Never. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Does does he have like hippie parents? No, his parents. His dad is a hard ass. So that would never right? happen. I know, but and then his his dad is just like, okay, I guess these kids can hang around here, and uh, I still I hate you, damn kids. <laughs> if I had to get bags for seventy show, I will officially say. After rewatching most of the series, it's like at best three out of five bags. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. Damn. <laughs> and doesn't isn't there a season where a majority of the cast leaves? No, but Eric, they keep the cast intact mostly. But last season, Eric is is Topher, that Ashton Kutcher? T- no, Topher Grace. He's busy filming Spider Man Three. Actually, yeah. So how old is he supposed to be in the show? <laughs> I think by the end of the show, they're all like 21 or 22. Like, they oh, okay. over a few years. But it's eight seasons. Mm. 
That's a lot of seasons. Yeah, it is a lot of seasons. And how many did you watch? All of them? Well, I've seen halfway through season six, and now I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like, this isn't, this isn't honestly stimulating enough. So like the characters come in, they make like a sex joke, <laughs> uh, they smoke dope, um, Red says, I'm going to put my foot in your ass, and then the episode ends. That's like literally happens every episode. Are there any like killer episodes? There's yeah, there's a couple episodes where I was like, ha ha ha. It's once again, it's like a character thing. You mm-hmm. don't like the characters because mm-hmm. the script isn't you know the best, and they let them do improvisation, which is misguided, because all the actors are young and they're like they're okay at it, and you can tell the improvised moments because they all can't stop fucking laughing. What? Speaking of imperfect scripts, segue. Okay. Let's go. Tell me what the movie is about. Okay. Natural Born Killers. Now, this is a movie that I have not seen in a really long time. I watched it a few years ago at my cabin with Caitlin, and it was a very hot day. And there's no AC in my cabin, which is fine. But we were sleeping on this very small bed because all the other beds were taken. And it was so hot. It was hot as a dog that night. We watched this movie. It was like a fever dream the first time I saw this movie. And I watched it on my Melee CRT. The one that's about this big. (laughs) Yep. I'm pretty sure we brought that and the DVD player. Because I have a DVD copy of this movie. And uh, we watched that on a small bunk bed just boiling. Um, But yeah. That's probably how it's meant to be experienced. Yeah. Um, so the big thing with this movie is that it was written by Tarantino, and we read that he had sold the script because I think he was still, he was still looking to make some money during those days, right? This was 90? Uh, I think it was like 93. Oh, was it 93? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's still looking to make money. Um, he still hasn't, uh, he, he just wants to sell it. So, sells it for like 10 grand, and they from what we read, pretty much just changed the majority of the script mm-hmm. to the point where he's just like, just list me as a writer. I don't know what else he would have wanted. Uh, was he supposed to produce it or something? I don't know. I guess he was just like, because they revised the script, Oliver Stone directs this, and a few others revised the script, and then they were like, uh, Tarantino said, I just own this movie. It's not mine. Because even though stories him, he... It's just not his movie because, you know, Tarantino is the way he is, you know, um, not neurotypical about film. And so it doesn't surprise me that he's going to be a control freak like that. Yeah. The movie, like you said, also is kind it's it's sneakingly similar to Wild at Heart. Yes. Hmm. Suspiciously similar. Yes. The movie, if you've already seen... Here's a part of the movie. If you've already seen Wild the Heart, don't listen to this portion of the show. Because um, you already know it. There's Mick, uh, Mickery. There's Mickey and Mallory. Um, they're lovers and they're murderers. And they are basically just driving around and committing crime. That's their whole shtick. Um, they go through the movie doing some little action pieces and then they get caught jailbreak the end spoiler alert 
that's the movie, but it's a lot, lot, lot more than that, uh, especially visually, which is all this movie has, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I shouldn't say that, but it's it's very stylized. It's extraordinary. There isn't, like, a dull visual point in the movie. Yeah. Um, they'll switch to black and white. They'll just have solid green monochromatic light. They'll have red light. They'll have cuts of the actors drenched in blood, uh, like shirtless drenched in blood doing vampire faces. They have cuts of, like, psychedelic uh, faces of people with, like, multiple eyes, stuff like that. Um, almost every shot is at a, like a Dutch angle. It's very, it's so, it's so, so, so stylized. And at no point or very rarely in the movie do they sober up because it's almost always just style. That's all you're getting. And one thing that I wanted, that I kind of want from it is longer moments staying sober so we can care about the characters that much. Like Woody Harrelson and... Juliet Lewis, they're, they're good. I think Woody Harrelson maybe does a better performance than she does. But they just don't have, well, honestly, that much chemistry mm-hmm. and be that much purpose. They show a really good segment of Mallory's past where you see Rodney Dangerfield as her rapist dad, which is <laughs> so weird because I just know Rodney Dangerfield from like snappy comedy right <laughs> and then this, he's just like so dark and depraved and he looks total like i mean he always looks like that but they but utilize yeah. in this where his eyes are just bulging and he's sweaty um they have that scene with her where they they show her past and why she is the way she is but then they kind of just allude to it with woody harrelson and i don't know if that's because you're supposed to piece it together yourself mm-hmm. or if it's because it they just don't really have anything there yeah um i wish they sobered up more so i i know what i think that's why people are so divisive on this because there's a whole lot of style and they're gonna like that or you're gonna like dislike it think it's obnoxious and then not like the drama which there's a lot of yeah here's the thing with this movie okay yeah it's mid (laughs) okay okay this movie is mid yeah and i wanted to like this more Mm mm-hmm but this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects are nice. The editing is cool. Yep. It is all... It's like almost surrealistic, mm-hmm. but it's it's still entertaining, you know, in like just the visual, purely visual way when they cut the vintage footage or they make everything black and white or they show a cartoon portion that's exaggerated. That stuff is all cool. The movie's not that good, though, <laughs> because the script is not that good. And the thing with this movie is that it's all obsessed about the media's portrayal of violence. Yep. And they try to hammer this conceit in so hard that it's... I can't tell if this is, like, satire on satire. Because they're like, yeah, we all profit off the cycle of violence. Yeah. And they just say that, like, 400 million times. And then... It's one of those movies where, oh, there's a lot of violence and it critiques violence. I have to say, I'm getting... We review a lot of those movies on Cop. I'm getting tired of them. It's It's a kind of a catch-22 because you have... If you don't do that, if you don't glamorize uh, violence, you can't show how bad it is, right? 
It's like, you know what? Before I was on board with it, I was like, yeah, you can like kind of have, you can have over the top violence and critique the violence and then also have a little bit of fun with it. But now I'm getting sick of it because a lot of these feel like they're doing this just as vehicle to have a ton of violence. <laughs> like 400 million people get killed in this movie. A lot of people get murdered. And it's like, I don't mind seeing murder and mayhem or whatever, especially in a movie like this where it's, I guess, meant to be gratuitous. But at a point I was like, hey, what else is going to happen? And then nothing else really happens besides that. And like you said, they, they go to jail or they meet up. They commit a lot of violence, they go to jail, they commit a lot of violence, the movie ends, and they presumably keep committing acts of violence. And it's okay, and I don't know. I also don't like the two leads that much in this. You don't like Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson's okay. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, doing a, he's doing a Woody Harrelson, and he's decent at it. Um, their characters themselves aren't that likable. <laughs> like, as in they're not good people? No, but it's like... Of course they're not good people, and like, just as a comparison, the the couple in Wild at Heart, yeah. they weren't good people either. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, But you, there was something there. There was charm to the character, even yeah. though they were despicable. These guys are just like they're just uh, scumbags, and then it's like let's watch them perpetrate acts of violence, and it's like okay, <laughs> they're not charismatic enough to carry it. It's like in yeah. Wild at Heart, they have. <laughs> stupid things where like he's doing an Elvis song for his lady and then like it just has weird Lynchian just breaks yep. of character and then in this it's just no they just commit violence the whole way through yeah I would have liked it a lot more if they fully committed to the points that they were trying to make yeah because there are some other like not not just the cycle of the media but also of violence and like families how what your parents do kind of influences who you are. Yeah. They, like, allude to that. They have that third character, the detective guy, right? And then he's also kind of psychotic because his mom was killed by a... What was that famous uh, shooting at the university? Yeah, of Texas. Yeah. yeah the yeah. sniper. The Texas sniper, yeah. Yeah, she, and, you know, he uh, killed uh, his mom, so now he's all fucked up. Um, and he kills people too, and he's a Joker brain as well. <laughs> um, I wish they they said more somehow. And they have this whole thing about the idea of natural born killers, right? The whole movie they're showing rattlesnakes and other predat- predatory animals, and they're trying to show how you know they're using it to, um, to illustrate how they are, right? They're supposed to be these animals, but. They, they don't have much other than, or much interest, introspection other than I'm Joker Brain the entire movie. Yeah. That's all, I'm I'm the Joker baby. Yeah. And then they kill people. Like, cool squibs and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's like, the action's pretty decent, I guess. But, like, it's it's the kind of film where it's keep it keeps asking you to reflect on the violence, and then has so much of it. It's just, like, I need to pick one of these things to do mm-hmm. or at least you need to meld this better if the script was a little bit stronger and like moment to moment it's that's okay i like robert downey jr's character he's kind of eccentric yeah. he's fun but like he has this like ridiculous australian accent it's like okay and then he's just like a he guess who he is he just dick bag tv <laughs> it was like get the get the footage get the footage Okay, and then who the fucking else is it? And then they have Je- uh, Jack Scagnetti, the detective guy, 
And yeah, he's just kind of a scumbag joke. Tommy right? Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones is actually the best actor in this. And after watching this, I was like, I know why they picked him for Two-Face. Yeah. Because he can do, like, serious lawman good, but he can also do hysterical well. I had never seen him like this. because Me I, neither. Because I've seen him, like, in Men in Black. Well, I saw him as Two-Face. Uh, but then, like... You no should, Country? Yeah, he's just a serious guy. Yep. He's just he's just a Stonewall Jackson, you know. But in this, he just he gets a little haha funny, and it was kind of cool to see. I actually think that was my favorite part of the movie. Maybe the latter half in the jails portion, mm-hmm. which is like I guess the last half of the film. It's like half an hour the jailbreak. Yeah, um, I would say like that was decent. But then once again, like at, towards the end, it just devolves into them like, "Hey, we're just gonna kill pe- a million people in this prison and get out of here." It's like what it's like playing a video game. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a shot of Tommy Lee Jones just picking his nose yeah, in the yeah. background. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> just, a, just a little gag. He just he ran away with the movie, man. He just <laughs> had this little warden character to play, and he rocked it. Yeah, he's a he's really good in it. Um, I have to say, like I don't know, I forget if I already said, but I do like the style of the movie quite a bit. I do too, and the effects are well done. The editing's cool, and it just has like. I don't know this uh, this strange it's it's probably what it's it's like what it's like to fall asleep in front of the TV <laughs> and then like it, it, it kind of melds with your dreams and you're not sure what's actually happening that's very much what this is like because they'll just you can tell that this was a Tarantino vehicle just because it has so much like movie 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 stuff yes TV references yes. the I Love Mallory section which was kind of cool that was in, in, really like, a funny and like a dark humor kind of yeah. way, it was pretty good. Um, all the little background gags, all the like cuts to like them watching like uh, an old nuclear family watching the, whatever's happening yeah. on TV. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I had to be alive in the '90s for all these reflections on violence to really make me think. But it's like it's wearing a little thin. And I think this movie, um, I kind of wanted to know what the original script was like. This is disappointing coming from Oliver Stone, famed director of Snowden. <laughs> we, what? We went to see that in the theater. Did we? Yes. We did? Yeah. I don't think so. Snowden? Yeah. Back in like 2015? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh. I think I saw it by myself. <laughs> You got to take all your friends to Snowden so we can learn the powerful story. And then it's then it becomes a movie about love, and it's just yeah. this romance drama for some reason. I don't. I have to be honest. I don't care. I think the actual, the the CIA stuff was a bit cooler than this love plot. And he Oliver Stone also did JFK, which we never finished watching. <laughs> One day, and, it, and it's been five years. One day since we started watching JFK. Let's watch it tomorrow then. Tomorrow. Uh... I'm busy tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I Saturday we could. Okay, fine. Saturday? Yeah. Okay. And we'll do, you know what, we'll do a small pre-bag talk about it for next okay. episode. Okay. And yes, I did remember that this <laughs> coming week, yeah, let's do Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Nice. Let's get it over with. Good. I, I'm glad you said that, because you know what I would have said? What? 
Uh, what movie did we say we were going to do <laughs> this week? We're doing Attack of the 50-Foot Woman next week, for sure. Good. Do you have anything left on this film? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, but now I've forgotten that... Isn't that crazy how that works? <laughs> <laughs> Just gone like tears in rain. I wanted to touch on what you were saying, that the movie basically screams that it's a movie the entire time. Yeah. And again, that's what I'm talking about, where... I wish it would sober up for a bit, build some drama, give us something here. Um, but so, I mean, I do find that cool. I like that it screams that it's a movie. I mean, they did that in, um, Dracula, you know, that screamed like, this is a movie all the time with its practical effects. And and that kind of reminded me with, with that in terms of like the just outlandish imagery that it mm-hmm. seems to have at every turn yep. sometimes the movie is like a little like attention deficit because like you'll just be watching a scene intently and then it'll just cut to the dutch shot black and white yeah and it'll cut to like this cartoon and they'll come back and it's like okay and then sometimes it cuts to like this nightmare nightmare number yep. thing where there's a demon with blood coming on them and it's like robert downey jr and just mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sure they had a lot of fun making this movie and I'm sure, like, this was a very tight editing process because it is well edited given that there's so much to s- just splice in between scenes randomly. Yeah, just one, like, a shot of someone shooting a gun. Yeah. It'll go, like, black and white, Dutch angle, then it will, like, go to a POV of them holding the gun, and then maybe it'll turn red, and then, like you're saying, cartoon. It, all for just, like, one shot. And then you get POV of, like, a bullet or something. Yeah freeze frame so just so much stuff um i don't what is it called when they have actors in a car and then they just have a, uh, a screen playing uh like green screen yeah there's a but isn't there a specific name for it when uh, they're in a car or something not that i know like I where, thought they just put the green screen behind a car and then well back in the probably for the older version of it not because they wouldn't have a green screen they have I think they had, like, uh, a white screen or something. I forget. They would cut out the shape of the film and then splice it on top of another. Yeah, that's what I'm... Like, what is that? That's probably called something. But who cares? But they have, like, a scene of them driving and then the, the background or the landscape is very clearly fake. Yeah. Because in old movies, I mean, it looks fake, but they're trying. In this, they're not trying to make it look real at all. Like, we'll show them, like, driving through pylons or something and it's, like, break in half or whatever. Yeah. The credit sequence is cool in that regard. Yeah. And it gave me a lot of promise for the film, but, like... I don't know. The movie just never really gets off the ground for me because it just stays in this one place and doesn't really bother to explore anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they touch more on their themes. Like the Vietnam War um, symbolism in this movie, which is heavy. heavy. Um, Just like soldiers would come back from war and, you know, slap around the, the, the kids and whatnot. Yeah. That's 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 what happens in this movie. And they go to see in a, one of the cooler scenes of the film, this Native American fellow, mm-hmm. and he gets he has a letter that says his son died in the Vietnam War. Yep. And I don't know. It seems pretty obvious to me, guys, that this is an allegory for the Viet Cong. 
you know, um, Mallory and Mickey are sort of like the American army, just bloodthirsty and without a cause. And everybody else is like the Viet Cong, <laughs> you know? It's really... I, I, would, I expected this from Oliver Stone, the political filmmaker, <laughs> you know, director of Platoon. But this is this is great. And Snowden. And Snowden, of course. One of the great films of early twenty fifteen. Yep. <laughs> hmm. How many bangs? I'm really torn because while this is an entertaining watch. I don't know if this is something I want to revisit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm going to give this 2 out of 5 bags. I'm going to give a 7 out of 10 bags. I think it it, it has it has some talent, but it uh, needs to tighten up that script. It's so weird seeing like Tarantino f- for this. Because if Tarantino had made this movie, um, it would not have been like this at all. There's no way it's uh, so it's kind of crazy how you can just take one person's script, give it to a different director, and get a whole other vision entirely. Like you can imagine Tarantino said, but it would not be like that. Yeah, it would be snappy, and you know there'd be cool edit uh, edits and camera work, but not to this extent. Yeah, and this movie has a lot of that, which is nice. I I do like it. Screams movie, movie, movie. But again. Let's live a bit in this world. Let's see these characters, and let's let's get some chemistry because they really don't have it. Maybe intentionally. I mean, there's a part where they go and just fuck other people in this weird way. But it's like the thing where it's like, oh, we're doing violence intentionally. Oh, the characters suck intentionally. Oh, they don't yeah. have chemistry on purpose. And it's like, but at what degree? At what point yeah. is this actually enjoyable to watch? Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I know what you mean. <sighs> Yep. Alright, next week, Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. Did you see any good movies this week? Any good movies? Give me one second. Okay. And then give me a few more after that. I'll tell you right now, I didn't. Because I accidentally got caught watching the paint dry again, and a week went by. (laughs) And there was nothing I could do. I don't think I watched uh, anything. That's it's been a while since I said that. Other than yeah, my shows. But I'm gonna go see uh, Jackass this week that's or that, next week. That's so. the other thing is that sometimes I rely on the theaters to go see new movies or like older movies, and oh, it's so it's the worst time of the year right now. The theater is empty, man. Yeah, like. What is there like? We're gonna see Sing Two, the three five five Spider Man two months later. <laughs> the King's Daughter. What's that? I don't know, <laughs> but I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I I would hate to be uh, I, well I shouldn't say that, but it would be it would be work to be a movie critic, full time. To watch a lot of crap. Yeah. It would be work. Yeah. I'll say that. Well, this is already a lot of work, and I do it for free. Yeah, 
sometimes it's mm, <laughs> last house on the sometimes left. Sometimes I have second thoughts, uh, thoughts about this whole thing. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. Just. <laughs> This 50-foot woman movie better be good. Um, Don't test me, son. It's not. Don't fuck with me, fool. It's not going to be uh, Godzilla. It's going to be... Oh, we're looking up her skirt. Oh. <laughs> Harold. His, the wife's going to slap his hand for looking up the skirt or something. Oh, man. That was, that was a strange thing. I thought we would see more of Johnny. Just as an aside, uh, her little brother. I thought he would come back. <laughs> make a comeback, yeah. As like also a crazy guy, and then they fight at the end or something. No, he's just gone. They just she just leaves him. That's it. All right. Yeah, that was. I thought, <laughs> and their, their their morals are so loose in this movie. Why did they feel bad about killing the indigenous person? I think you it just, was... you just kill random people. It, they just for no reason, but it's like. Um, he was doing like some weird exorcism type thing on them he was like you are a demon and then when they go to sleep he's like chanting you you think that's what that maybe something like he and then he when he's dying he's like oh you were the demon I saw 20 years ago I don't know so he's trying to do something to him he's probably had them I think there was some, some mystics element there maybe yeah that could be because then otherwise they go to this diner and there's just a woman serving them food and then they kill her for no reason <laughs> they kill everybody they just kill indiscriminately they i like okay the guys hitting on her being gross like i sure i'll say that's fine jo- this is just um i'm sure this was great inspiration for harley and joker that's what they these characters are essentially they just are just like ooh ha i'm going to kill everybody ha damaged true okay and next week yeah that I don't think I have anything else to say really no that's everything happy groundhog day this is the groundhog day special episode um don't ask us to review groundhog day so I'm good yeah um just as an aside just as a tangent let's just forget about this so now that the Wii or now that the Switch has topped the Wii U, does that mean it's one of the best-selling consoles of all time? I guess so, yeah. Because isn't the Wii pretty up there? I I think so. I think it's like in top. Well, at least top five. Top, maybe I don't know. It's like hundred million, I think. Because it's probably PlayStation Two or One is like the number one. I think PlayStation Two. Yeah, it's so like 150 million. The, the top five is probably like two DS. Three? Was three big? Um, yeah, it was pretty big. It was like tied with 360, I think. Three, four, and then Wii. That's my guess. Yes, yeah, I don't like that. Let's see. <laughs> oh shit i forgot about the boy yeah the gb number holy shit it's number five now damn that's crazy uh, to, to a lot of people i know have one it, it, it's a bit of a nintendo hit yeah it, like i said it seems like 
it feels like what Nintendo has been working towards its whole existence. Yeah. Because they've had the handheld, then they've had the console, then they've like tried to mix the handheld and the console together with a like, Game Boy Player, N sixty four pack stuff like that, and then they had the Wii U, which, oof. and then now they have this, which is what the Wii U was trying to do. Bit I mean, a mistake that. Like, oof. Oh, ay ay ay. It's just a little stumble. We all stumble. That console looks so fucking bad. It look it's like this ugly gloss that just gets smudged with fingerprints yeah. and it's the che- screen it looks, looks, it looks like cheap. a it's so cheap looking. Like they fucked up. They need to make it solid. Like the Switch is solid. Yeah. The Wii U was like a it was too toyish. I mean I guess the Wii was like a toy, but you know, the Wii what a delightful little console. It just had such class. There was an elegance there, you yes. know. It was it was slim. It was streamlined, you know. It was yeah. a very metropolitan console. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean it just it's I I know that they were kind of hmm, kind of ripping off Apple, but that's okay. But it it looks it looks nice, and the Switch is so solid. It's crazy that it can do what it does, like you said when we were playing mario kart the other day mm-hmm. it's not like oh it's that small and also it's a super computer and it blows your mind like it's not a playstation 5 but it's just cool that you have this little thing that you can it's like essentially that big with all the joy cons and it can run you know 3d rendered games mm-hmm. at a you know with decent decent graphics pretty crazy that's my review of the switch pretty crazy how many bags for the switch like eight bags so far we'll say eight bags nice um yeah the joy cons i mean what what the hell but you know if you send them in to get repaired you don't get your joy cons back they just send you random ones which is kind of fucked so keep the parts you want at home luckily i'll say this and it's kind of stunning to me how many people there are where like their shit breaks and then they're just like that's it and they just throw it out you can replace joy-con uh thumbsticks it's not hard yeah, it's actually yeah. really easy yeah you can just do it yourself like you just have to open it up and it's attached by just a ribbon cable you just unplug the ribbon cable put a new one in so yeah just do that um that's my review of the switch what does the dock have do you know why does putting in dock mode make it run better I think it's just because um, when you plug it in, yeah, and then you put in the dock, um, it's not relying on battery power at all. So I guess it has more function. I don't know if the dock actually has anything technological yeah. beyond just output capabilities. I don't know. Weird. Anything new with you? A little post bag set. Um. Let me see. No. I told you that paint drying, man. Read comics? No. <laughs> Have you written anything? Uh, it... Guitar? Bass? Yeah, I played a little bit of that. What What are you learning? What you playing? Just a couple of CCR songs. Been listening to some CCR. Nice. That's it. That's it, man. Their stuff is pretty simple, so I just have fun playing with that. Can you do it? Can you do anything by heart? Uh, yeah, like the like the simple stuff, yeah. Yeah? You could do it by head. Nice. It's like to end up being like seven notes overall. Like, whatever. <laughs> do you play to the music? Yeah. 
Nice. It's more fun that way. It's like you're part of the band. Yeah. Do you have anything recorded? No. Not, not besides small clips that I've probably already sent. Like the money clips? Like the money clips, exactly. <laughs> those are good. <laughs> those are really good. I'll make it, you know what, I'll make a new one of those soon. It's just, it's hard to come up with themes like that, you know? Yeah. And I know my adoring public wants, they have a certain expectation of my theatricality, and I just, just a lot of pressure. How do you feel about them putting in the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color in one category? It's like, um, I don't know, that's like kind of... Yeah, a little cheap. You know what? Maybe actually, yeah, it's a little cheap because I think the Game Boy Color, besides just color, is more better. Yes. So two double A batteries. It's half the size. Has well, this is this is the big brain move. Is that they go? They don't tell them individual sale numbers. Yeah. And then so what are they gonna do? I guess those two together. True. Okay. 50 foot woman next week. Get excited. Goodbye. Bye bye. anything you heard today make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on spotify apple Podcasts, and umfm.com and don't forget to follow our instagram page at cop podcast